0: by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. So I'm sitting there watching the Michigan game last night and uh, Angelique Schengel over at the Detroit News. Uh, I I want to walk you through this because this is what I'm thinking as I'm sitting there watching this game. I'm sitting there thinking, oh, this is 2016 again. Oh, this is Kinnick Stadium. Oh, this is the game against Iowa. Here we go, and I'm just waiting for Nebraska to drive down the field after it's tied. Michigan ties it up with a field goal, and I'm waiting for Nebraska to drive the field, kick a game-winning field goal as time expires. Like, that's where I kind of felt this thing was going, right? And it, and for whatever reason, this team just continues to fight. They just continue to fight. Uh, turnover, forced fumble, uh, no surprise there. Adrian Martinez can't hang hang on to the football in in uh, you know serious situations. He puts the ball on the turf. Michigan recovers, and uh, and and away we go. Michigan wins it. They uh, improve to six and zero on the year. Uh, and and it this team does feel. I gotta say, at least it does feel a little different. Angelique,
1: it it really does. I mean it 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 feels like a team that you know when they say that. They talk about this after every game, that they are just focused on on not being the team they were last year and, and even going back to 2019, the way that they finished that season. And they're very focused on that and, and not being a repeat of of the disappointments and losing games that they probably shouldn't have lost and finding ways to win games that, that are are in jeopardy. and Like yesterday, like last night. And, uh, and they're doing it and and I don't think it's it's talk I mean I think that, that all these things that they say about how much they enjoy being with each other and how much happier they are with the younger staff that they can relate to with the simple things like having music playing in and, and different sessions during practice those are very important things to these young guys and and they seem to be embracing it, and, and now they have a bye week, and I, I don't think it could have been time better for them because they've got a few injuries, and, and now they can sort of rest up because it's going to get harder, Chris. I mean, it's it's the second half of the season is, is going to be brutal.
0: Uh, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I, it is going to be brutal, but but I think, you know, when you hear Cade McNamara at the end of the game doing an interview with, with ABC and ESPN, and he says, "Look, uh, you know, no offense to our Michigan teams in the past, but I think we lose this game. Uh, of the you know, the, since the time that he's been there, he says I think we lose this game. I don't think this is a game that we win. And and as as big of a game as it was to win at Wisconsin last week, as important as that one was for this team for Jim Harbaugh winning the first time as an underdog, um, this one felt." Almost equally, if not more so satisfying, because this was a hostile environment and night game. I mean, everything is kind of stacked against the Wolverines on the road. And in Nebraska, you know, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a, 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 a team in season kind of turn around the way that they've played like Nebraska has. And it just seemed like everything was stacked against them. And it's like, I've seen this song and dance before, but again. This team is is finding something differently. And, and what was different, I thought, was it for the last couple of years, it's the defense picking up the offense. It's the defense picking up the slack. This time, Michigan in that fourth quarter, despite the some of the shortcomings in the opening stanza, when it really counted, Michigan was putting together drives. They were taking time off the clock. And they were at least not only giving their defense some time to rest on the field, but they were at least being proactive in winning that game for that team.
1: You, you are spot on, and, you know, when, when you go on the road, you need your defense to do what the defense did yesterday, last night, and, and I also agree with you, yes, I mean, they had back-to-back road games, Wisconsin and Nebraska, and, and I felt like, after this game last night, that this was a more valuable win, and, and I know that they all count the same, I, I totally understand that, but, um, but sometimes I think you can draw more from, from a win like that versus Wisconsin, which was obviously the same value it's it's a, it's a w but maybe mm-hmm. the that stadium was camp randall was not packed like it usually is it wasn't as as raucous not saying that that what michigan did there wasn't it wasn't um, top notch but la- that that game last night was it was it was packed and it was you know those the nebraska fans you
0: know, yeah. love
1: that team and, the, and they loved being there and it was just Oh, so loud! I mean, under the press box, you could hear how loud it was, and I, I can't imagine what it must have been like on the field. And, and I did feel like it was just—it was more hostile. And they were put in a predicament that they found a way out. And um, and again, you're right; it's it's defense. And and yes, the offense did what it should do. And you know, a few years ago, I, I remember writing that this this offense, especially late in the season. Late in game, they could not get that first down that they needed to extend mm-hmm. drives and, and to stay alive. And and this team is, is finding that. But but yeah, I mean, I think you really have to value what the what this defense has done. I mean, they've given up big, big big plays. There's no doubt Martinez had big plays, but they they did they did contain him in the running game, and they made mm-hmm. those stops when they needed to.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, something that continues to be a little bit puzzling for me is is Jim Harbaugh saying, look. We're gonna work J.J. McCarthy in. We've got set plays for him. They're in the last time that he was in that game late in the fourth quarter on the uh, the 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 the, mm-hmm. the read pass option, and he decided to keep it. I mean, Nebraska. I mean, you, you might as well just uh, show him your poker hand. I mean, Nebraska okay. knew that that was coming, um, and so you, you wonder. I mean, look, we know J.J. is incredibly talented. We know he can throw the ball. We know he can move uh, as a mobile quarterback as well. How much faith do they really have in Cade? I mean, can you see this this uh, staff making a change to JJ at some point? I can't,
1: and I know that there is a a contingent of, of fans who really want to see JJ in there, and, and I just I really think you have to be patient. I, I mean, I think he's still he's still a work in progress in, in many ways, and. You know, I think we don't see everything that goes on. We don't see anything that goes on in practice. But you know, I think that there are still some rough edges there. And and you you know the one thing they keep talking about, and and until yesterday, Kate McNamara hadn't had an interception. He had not turned the ball over um, again mm-hmm. on the road. That's critical. And and that is something mm-hmm. that Kate has been very good at is is not turning the ball over. And and that was an Achilles heel for Michigan. Uh, really going back to 2019, early in that season, how brutal that was. And um, so, you know, it, it, JJ's going to have plenty of time to, to win this job at, at some point. I just don't think he's ready yet, but I do think it's it's really smart for the most part, how they're using him. I agree. I, I didn't like that at the end. I, I'm not sure why they thought that was the, the, it was sort of cutesy in my mind and, and mm-hmm. you didn't need to do that at that stage. And, you know, I think that, that that's, you know, that goes to Josh Gaddis and his decision making, and obviously he thought that there was a reason to do that. But you know, I've I've been puzzled a few times before about play calls um, that they've made mm-hmm. going back to last year, and um, yep. so I think that they all need to, you know, they need to use this bye week to, um, you know, analyze what they've done as coaches too, and and to see if if they can make better decisions as as far as how they're using JJ and and certainly other players too. But but in this in this sense. Um, you know, I thought, I thought, you know, you got Haskins and Coram who were, were doing a really good job. I thought, I mean, the yeah. Haskins yep. was, was unbelievable. I thought at times. Yep. And, uh, so why don't you stick with that? Because that was working.
0: Yep. Uh, by the way, I love me some corn in the cob. It's a wonderful <laughs> vegetable. I don't think it's nutritious at all. That Blake corn I don't know what kind of corn <laughs> Blake corn eats. Uh, but I got to say, I thoroughly enjoyed the touchdown celebration. I thought that was good. <laughs>
1: That was really funny, and uh, you know, I I saw that on Twitter, because I didn't see it in real time, like you know, I was watching the play but I didn't see him do it, but when I watched it, I thought that was really, really funny. And it's also like, you know, when you do that, you better win the game because that's gonna come back and bite you <laughs> if that if that's out there. And they're like, oh yeah, really? Okay, that was smart. But, you know, they, yeah. they, they were having fun. They did the same thing that they did at Wisconsin in the, before the fourth
2: yes. quarter. They
1: had Thunderstruck and It was really a
2: cool yeah. setting. It really
1: was. And the the players just started dancing again and, and really getting into it. And this time they were trailing. So a little different yeah. situation, but yeah. they, they wanted to take it over again.
0: Good stuff. Angelique, Shane Gallis, always appreciate the time and insight. Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure. Thanks, Chris. Have a good night.
0: Yeah, we'll- Yep, you too. Talk to you soon. Uh, all right, coming up next, look, as, as impressive as Michigan has been, you really got to give it to Michigan State. I mean, wow. Uh, Jalen Naylor, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, this has been the Jaden Reed party and the Kenneth Walker party. Uh, how about Jalen Naylor? Over 200 yards and three touchdowns in the first half. They uh, They got playmakers. <laughs> in East Lansing. We're going to talk about that with my good uh, friend Matt Charbonneau over at the Detroit News. Coming up next here on Sports Rap. Sports app today. FanDuel. More ways to win. Here's Chris Redwick. Uh, wow. I mean, look. I, what, what Michigan State is doing, what Mel Tucker has done is beyond impressive. And I think we kind of knew what, what Reed and Naylor were. Um, but they have far and beyond eclipsed those expectations uh, going into the season, what that was going to look like for Michigan State. And then Kenneth Walker has been a revelation. Uh, and so, you know, you've got, uh, you've got, in my mind, probably the second best wide receiver duo in the conference. And, you know, find is there a better running back right now? I don't know. Uh Matt Charbon over at the Detroit News the beat writer for MSU uh was at the game last night uh, or yesterday afternoon and uh you know look I it's tough because you want to give Michigan State all the credit in the world and they've got all these weapons. Have they have they played anybody of real substance yet? No, probably not. But 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 uh, they are taking care of business and that's all you can ask for you play who's in front of you
2: well you're right Chris it's funny too we look before the season it's one of those things too we got to get past all our preconceived notions about teams you're right um Michigan state being one of them and Michigan too in fact I mean I don't think either anybody thought both teams would be at the point they're at right now six and0 but no you know before the season you're thinking, Northwestern, you knew wasn't going to be very good, but still a road win you thought would be really good, but now they're really bad. (laughs) Miami isn't nearly the team we thought they were going to be before the season, but you can look at that in other ways, too. Same with Wisconsin, same with a bunch of teams, Um, but I I, I will still never discount road wins, and I'll never discount road conference wins, um, no matter who you're beating. So I think in that sense, when you look at Michigan State and and Michigan the same, it's it's remarkable how we can keep comparing these teams this year. Um, Kind of the same path for both of them is really kind of remarkable. But for Michigan State, I think they've shown that already in six games. They can win on the road. They can win on a road in conference. They can win when they're not that good like they did against Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even even yesterday, you know, things weren't great in that first half. They were really sloppy. The first time they were really sloppy you know and didn't really seem dialed in but when you've got those guys you just mentioned especially Jalen naylor in the first half it erases a lot of those issues and then by the second half you've kind of cleaned things up on defense and now kenneth walker's kind of just putting the game away I, it, the offensive weapons are I, I, I could have never expected we were going to be talking about a michigan state offense uh like this totally they aver- yeah they averaged 18 points a game last year. I, I and really, it's, you, you've added Kenneth Walker, and the offensive line has added Jarrett Horse to tackle. But other than that, they've just simply gotten better. And um, it, it's really been impressive through six games. You're right, they haven't played the toughest schedule in the conference or the country. And that's we're going to find that out over the next few weeks. It gets mm-hmm. way tougher on the back end. Um, but you put yourself in a position now where you're in – you can now – those games now mean something. And now you're in position to at least contend for the conference. And I don't think any of us – Thought this team would be at this point this year, so you you gotta you gotta be impressed with what they've done so far.
0: No, and I mean I I think that you I, you know I looked at Michigan State preseason and said this is a six and sixteen, uh, which yeah. was probably a, a, a you know a, a relatively uh, accurate portrayal of what I thought this team was going to be. But but the emergence of of Naylor and Reed and and Kenneth Walker certainly. I mean, those guys we knew were, or at least the two receivers we knew were going to be really good, um, but the the way that they have expanded those expectations, and the way that now really those three guys single handedly, and then you could throw Peyton Thorne in there too, the way that those four guys are reshaping what fans can can kind of ex you know start to expect from this team. It, it it's something that I don't even know that happened under Mark Dantonio. Not
2: not really very often, you know. In fourteen, fifteen, and that stretch when, you know, Connor Cook was you know, those offenses in that those two years was really a high powered offense. In fact, fourteen is when they set all the program records, which all might get broken this year. Um, right. But I, you mentioned Peyton Thorn. You got to throw. I I don't think you can ignore Peyton Thorn in this. Now look. Kenneth Walker being there and having a real rushing attack is massive to have that balance. I mean, you've seen it on their flea flickers. They run this play every other week. Now there's only one reason you can run it is because you have to focus on Kenneth Walker. If he wasn't Mm -hmm. there, that play would be useless. And that shows what the balance does and how important he is. But if you don't have Peyton Thorne, I'm not sure we're talking about this offense like this. And it's kind of funny. He throws for 339 yards. Just now look some of those came on big chunks. But those were good balls he threw. Think of that, that second touchdown Naylor had over his shoulder. I mean, he yep. is putting the ball where these guys can make these plays. And, and Jalen Naylor said it said it last night. You know, he's like, Peyton Thorne is making me look good. He's doing all this. Um, and I don't think that can be discounted. And it, it's funny to think before the year we were wondering if it was him or Anthony Russo. Right. I'm not trying to trash on Anthony Russo, but if he's the quarterback right now, are we? is Michigan State in this spot? I don't know if they are. So Peyton Thorne quietly. Is he's? I mean, he. You can make the argument he's the most important part here because you could have those weapons, but if you've got the guy kind of running it and putting it in the right spot and making the right decisions, I don't know. I mean, he's only got two interceptions and you know the deep ball a few weeks ago and the one mm-hmm. yesterday. I, I don't know why they didn't review it, but whatever. You know, fourteen touchdowns to two interceptions. You'll take that every day of the week, and I, I just don't think you can discount how important he has been for this offense as well.
0: And, you know, one of the other things that I like, and, and, and I want to focus on the defensive side of the ball here for a second, because there are some shortcomings there. And and, and the, with the way that this team is built defensively, they run a lot of nickel. They run a lot of uh, five DBs out on the field uh, at times. Their linebacking core is good, not great. Um, but but uh, defensively up front, they are much of a much more of a force than I had expected, and and that can certainly cover up some of the blemishes, perhaps, that you may have on the back end, and and I really, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to to that whole defensive staff because they're doing some good things up front, and then you know you hope that the secondary is going to catch up here as the season you know gets a little more intense.
2: Well, yeah, and I think you you kind of hit it. Mentioned a couple of things; they're good but not great. That's kind of the kind of the whole defense right now. Um, and, and look, a lot of it is their approach right now. And the whole idea is you keep people out of the end zone. You know, they've given up a lot of yards and that's happened in several games now. Um, but if you look at what they've been like in the red zone, it's been pretty impressive. Even yesterday, they gave up that early touchdown and that first drive for Rutgers. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a mess. You give up a third and 18, uh, then you, you know, you miss about five tackles on the, on the kids run for 33 yards. That was not a good drive at all after that. You got to be impressed with what they did. They give they, they hold Rutgers to field goals twice when they were in the red zone, once when the offense turned it over inside the 15, and then they shot them out in the second half. When you, when you think about it that way, you're like, wow, that's a pretty darn good defensive performance. But when right. you're watching the game, you're, you're when you're watching the game, you're kind of feeling like, eh, it does not feel like that. You know what I mean? But then they come yep. up with timely plays. You saw it late yesterday when Simeon Barrow causes that fumble. Uh, on the sack you saw it at miami when when drew Beasley had the timely sack of Derek King they're, they're making plays when you need to make them and that can be frustrating as a fan and it can drive you nuts watching you know teams throw the little eight nine yard outs and the, the quick mm-hmm. bubble screens and all that and it can get tough to watch but you, what they've done in the red zone keeping teams out of the end zone I mean that's important and they and they've been able to create turnovers this year uh not something they've they had much success with last year and then you mentioned that front. I mean, they, they had 12 sacks all the last year. I mean, they had 18 going into yesterday. Um, right. that, that's that's a significant improvement. I think we knew the tackles would be good. Um, you know, the ends still aren't great, but they're still getting a pass rush that's that's something the that mm-hmm. offense has got to worry about, and it's been pretty effective.
0: Yeah, it's something that you got to plan for. Here, here's something that I, I really didn't expect to say. Uh, going into this point in the season, especially with Michigan State being 6-0. I mean, heck, top 10 team now in the A people. What Mel Tucker has done in reimagining this roster, in recreating this roster via the transfer portal, I I would venture to say that this guy is a trailblazer in that other coaches around the country Will look to East Lansing. They will look to the job that Mel Tucker has done, taking over a a program that really wasn't it, it go, wasn't going nowhere. Is probably underselling it. Like they were probably going into a, a deep recession here. Um, but what he was able to do, rehauling this roster using the transfer portal, and then showing you that that you can actually build a really good team that way. Um, I think that that is going to be something that coaches around the countries, probably at even at smaller schools look to, to say, look, this can be done. This is, this is something that we need to keep our eye on.
2: Well, I think you're right too, it. And Mel has talked earlier in the year about look, the days of giving a coach or a, a program, you know, four or five years to turn things around and get it going. Those days are over. You know, you got, mm-hmm. this is, this got to happen quickly. And, and he has no <laughs> desire to take, you know, four or five years to get this going. And I think, the way he was aggressive in the portal shows that the interesting thing is when you we, look, we know about Kenneth Walker, we know about Jarrett horse at left tackle. There's guys in the secondary Chester, Kimbrough, Ronald Williams, guys like that. quaverus crouch at linebacker. These guys are all a factor. But the other interesting thing is we me, and a lot of other people gave Mark D'Antoni a real hard time for his last couple of recruiting classes. And and rightfully so, I think, mm-hmm. but look at some of the guys contributing right now from those classes. We're talking about Cal Halliday, a linebacker who I'm telling you what, he didn't play the first half yesterday because of that that ridiculous targeting call the week before. That defense was so much better in the second half with him in there. You got Mm -hmm. a guy like Jeff Petrowski playing defensive end in place of Drew Beasley. These are D'Antonio recruits from the last couple years that are turning out to be difference makers. And I think when you look at what Mel Tucker's done with the transfer guys plus integrating guys like that and getting it all to come together has been – It's been remarkable. I think you're right. This is something people are going to look to and say, you can turn this around quickly. Now, look, Mel Tucker has said he would prefer to be building through recruiting classes, but he's also shown if that ain't working, here's the other way to do it, and this year is is a perfect example of it.
0: Yep, good stuff. Matt Sharpen over at the Detroit News. Always appreciate the insight, my friend. Thank you for the time tonight. You,
2: You got it. Anytime.
0: Yep. All right. We'll talk to you soon. There he is, Matt Charbonneau. Uh, all right. Coming up next, we'll get you caught up on some of the scores around the NFL. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of football uh, around the National Football League. Also, we got to get into this uh, this Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight. Wow. What a fight! In the in the trifecta, in the in the conclusion of the trilogy, it did not disappoint. We'll talk about that coming up next. Chris Renwick here on Sports Rep this Sunday evening. Don't go anywhere. We continue on here on WJR. All right, welcome back. I want to get you caught up on some of the games happening around the NFL this uh, this evening. Uh, Chicago on top of the Raiders, uh, fourth quarter action. Bears lead at 14-9. Uh, this is a good one out in uh, San, San Diego. The Chargers or whatever they are now, the L.A. Chargers. Jeez, I'm never going to be able to get that right. Uh, The Chargers and the Browns all tied up at 35, 720 to go in that one. Justin Herbert, 285 yards, three touchdowns. Nick Chubb on the ground, 129 yards uh, and a score. Cowboys leading the Giants. With uh 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, 27-13. It was the Falcons on top of the Jets, 27-20. Matt Ryan, 342 yards and uh two scores on the day. Kyle Pitts, the rookie, uh getting into the down zone, picking up 119 yards uh through the air as well. That game played in London, by the way. It was a wacky game out in Cincinnati. Packers, Bengals, five. Missed field goals since the the two-minute mark, or almost the two-minute mark. Uh, in the fourth quarter, it went into overtime. Mason Crosby missed another field goal. Uh, finally, a couple other change of possessions. And Mason Crosby able to knock in the game-winner after three, three misses. Uh, wild there. Packers now four and one on the season. Uh, we told you about the uh, Lions' loss to the Vikings, nineteen to seven. Vikings now two and three on the year. They're two and one in the division. The Steelers all over the Broncos, twenty-seven to nineteen. The Dolphins fall to the Buccaneers in epic fashion, forty-five to seventeen. The Bucks now four and one on the year. The Saints on top of the uh, Washington football team, thirty-three. 33- It was the Eagles over the Panthers, 21-18. The Titans took it to the Jaguars, who are winless, 37-19. The Urban Meyer situation continuing in Jacksonville. The Pats beat the Texans, 25-22. We got uh, Sunday night football tonight. It's Bills-Chiefs. That's going to be a good one. Uh, And then, of course, Monday night's game, Colts-Ravens get in on a little action on Fandles. Uh, I gotta be honest Uh, You know, when you start thinking About some of the greatest Boxing matches of all time I mean You start thinking, obviously Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier uh, Mike Tyson Evander Holyfield Sugar Ray Leonard uh, Thomas the Hitman Hearns Um, There are a lot of really great fights Throughout the history of boxing and, and it's it's unfortunate because I feel like boxing has taken oh geez no pun intended they've taken a hit certainly you throw in MMA UFC all these different types of you know combat sports and it, those have become incredibly popular and that's going to cut into boxing it's going to cut into their viewership it's going to cut into the the money that's thrown behind boxing and so boxing has taken a bit of a a a, a you know a back seat to, you know, things like the UFC. My hope is after a fight like last night, Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder, um it was their trilogy fight and to, you know, to say it was an epic trilogy is probably an understatement. Um these are two heavyweights, these are two gigantic men, uh and they went in the ring and and it was a it was a classic it was an absolute classic, and and you know Deontay Wilder knocked Tyson Fury down not once but twice, twice, and Tyson Fury able to get up, keep fighting, and then finally he knocks out Deontay Wilder, and 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 then that was in the eleventh round, I believe. It was crazy. Um, I want to play you a couple of cuts here because uh, Fury talks about being knocked down and then kind of how he continued to get up here. he goes cut to not a great deal. Um, You get, you go swimming and you're going to get wet. You mess with fire long enough. You'll get burned. You know, I've had three fights with the biggest puncher in the history of my sport, in my division. And he caught me, you know, he caught me uh, twice in the fourth round, but I was never like thinking, Oh, this is over. I was thinking, okay, good shot, but I will get you back in a minute. And I did. I was I was I was very conscious uh saw the ref go 3 4 and uh I was I was always there you know he shook me he put me down and uh that's boxing isn't it mm. uh and then it was after the fight Tyson Fury beats Deontay Wilder knocks him out Wilder's getting you know attention paid to him over in his corner he's sitting on his stool uh, being looked at by the professionals and Fury goes over to, to congratulate him, to, to say, you know, good match, good fight. Um, and and here's Fury's account of it. Cut one. You know, I'm not going to make any excuses. Wilder's a top fighter. He gave me a real run for me only tonight. And I always said, I'm the best in the world, and he's the second best. You know, he's got no love for me, Deontay Wilder, because you know why? Because I beat him three times. And it's like, I'm a sportsman. I went over to him to show some love and respect, and he didn't want to give it back. So that's, that's his problem. I'll pray for him so God will soften his heart. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'll tell you, these boxers are the best. I mean, just the, the way that their minds are wired, it's incredible. Uh, so he goes over to tie, to uh, Deontay Wilder and, and to, you know, shake hands, good fight. And Deontay Wilder wasn't having of yet. It's a shame. But I'll tell you this. Here's my hope. Here's my hope. My hope is that a a, a match like this springboards boxing back to the, the mainstream. Because that's where boxing should be. Boxing, when done right, when you're putting guys like Fury and Wilder together, it's incredible. And that fight last night was incredible. There's no doubt about it. Uh, That is going to do it for us tonight. Uh, Have yourself a wonderful week. We'll catch you back here next weekend, 6 to 7. We'll talk to you then. Chris Renwick uh, here on Sports Wrap. We'll see you next Saturday.